0: Hello Bulls fans and welcome to the CHGO Bulls podcast presented to you by our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top rated sportsbook. Download the app and be sure to use promo code CHGO when you sign up. I am Mark Kay from Australia and joining me as always is the man with just the most beautiful set of hair I've ever seen and he's actually still in Utah and you just know the altitude there and the mountains and just the, the springs in Utah has just made given that that hair there just that extra little pep in its step that it needed so william how are you mate
1: yeah i think i think i got a little sunburn skiing today um wow but i gotta i gotta toughen up and uh got get that dog in me to match patrick beverly who's (laughs) gonna be a chicago bull
0: he's going to be a chicago bull let's let's dive straight into it chris dunn's father I was going to welcome in Joey, but screw that. We're, we're talking Patrick Beverly. We're going straight into it. Hello, Joseph in the background, who's producing for us as always. But um, yeah, let's talk Patrick Beverly. very thank you to Woj. Thank you to Shams for dropping this news literally two seconds before we were set to record. So it gives us just something a little bit extra to talk about. We had planned on um, uh, speaking about the All-Star Game and, and Russell Westbrook to the Clippers and a whole bunch of other stuff, including the Bulls' future and... A signing of Patrick Beverly sort of impacts all of that conversation. So let's just get straight into it, William. What do you make of Patrick Beverly becoming the the newest Chicago Bull? Very interesting.
1: It is interesting. There's a lot of layers to this, but let's start just on the basketball floor because I think that's clearly where it's going to be most prudent. Um, I mean, this could be the kick in the ass the Bulls need, right? Like they are... (laughs) They have no energy. They, it just seems like they don't enjoy being out there. And Patrick Beverly, if nothing else, is a person who tries hard. And they don't really have any tryhards on this team. So from that perspective, I kind of like it. Uh, Russ obviously signed this morning with the Clippers. And it, yeah. it seems as though the Bulls were kind of waiting on the Russ Domino to fall. Yeah. He seemed like their first choice. And then immediately immediately pivoted towards Pat Bev. Um, who I think is a much better basketball fit. Like he's not going to dominate the ball. He's going to stand in the corner and shoot threes. I mean, he might be like a top three, <laughs> three point shooter on this team already, which is kind of <laughs> disgusting and hilarious. Um, and he'll, you know, I, th- there's that old, uh, Russ quote, like Pat Bev tricking y'all. I don't know if he's actually a good defender or if he's just going to like get up in guys and annoy you. But, um, those are two things that the bulls can use. I'm not sure how much he actually like moves the needle. But as far as just like getting some energy on the floor, providing another body who can be somebody that plays minutes at the point guard position, who can shoot threes and play some defense, I do think it helps them. Um, I think there's some longer term ramifications of this sort of signing, and we'll obviously see what the details of the contract are. But that's kind of my initial reaction without having like five minutes to think about it.
0: Yeah, well that's the thing. We're literally giving you our live instant reactions to this thing as it's as it's breaking. So that, that that is cool in itself, but I guess we haven't had that time to really digest how this is all going to work. But just off the top of the dome, like this seemingly is a better fit than than Westbrook for all the reasons you noted. Maybe the uh the highs aren't necessarily potentially as highs as as you know when you add Beverly versus someone like Westbrook, but I don't think the lows are going to be necessarily as dramatic as well. We can come and discuss later on whether they should be doing this or not, or whether they should maybe adopting a, a lose now mentality rather than trying to salvage the season. This is clearly a move to try to to to, to try to get back into that playing playing positioning. But I do think this is probably the better, easier fit. Uh, then adding Westbrook, particularly when there's only like 20-something games to go. I think it's 24, 23, 23 or 24 games to go. Like, it's going to be pretty tough to integrate a piece like Russell Westbrook into a lineup which currently is already sort of <laughs> facing uh, a lot of issues in terms of its chemistry. Adding in a guy like Westbrook who isn't a natural fit already, uh, a ball-dominant guy who has a higher usage on the Lakers than, than Zach and DeMar on the Bulls. Like, just integrating that piece would have been extremely difficult. But whereas... With Beverly, like one, you're not forced into playing him a lot of minutes if you don't need to because he's a, a buyout guy. Whereas maybe with Russ and his history of who he is yeah, that co- and and that connection that he had with Billy, maybe that connotation forces his hand a little bit here. But um, I just, yeah, I do think the fit is a little bit more seamless here. It's a little bit easy to integrate. So to me, this always made more, more sense to me. I think everyone knows my, my opinions on Westbrook at this point, but uh I was a big Beverly guy back in the years. He's clearly regressed some, but I think this probably makes more sense for the Bulls anyway. But to your point, like clearly they were in on Westbrook. They were waiting to see where that happened. He obviously chose the Clippers. The Clippers were okay on that. And because of that, the Bulls quickly, I guess, pivoted to to, to Beverly. So yeah, it's an interesting one. We'll see how it plays out. But I think this does make more sense on the surface at least.
1: And I, I one other thing I would, I would add there is that this is – further evidence to support the theory, the working theory that Lonzo is going to be shut down at some Mm -hmm. point here this week, probably we'll hear from Arturis um, about his future. I can't imagine if I'm Lonzo ball, why I would rush back at this point. I mean, three weeks ago, he was quote nowhere close. According to Billy Donovan, he's going to have to ramp up. Even if he was at the point where he could start to ramp up that ramp up period, Assuming there are no setbacks, which obviously there were last time, is going to take two months, and so you're already out of the you're out of the season at that point. So um, it would be shocking if Lonzo was going to be able to come back this year. And I, I will say this too: like Patrick Beverly, I think is a more reliable option at point guard if the Bulls are going to be in a play in or playoff spot. I would rather have him out there than Io, just given the the experience that he's had, um, given what he sort of adds to the defensive end like io being shifted back into a a reserve position i think really benefits him um what i will say though is that i don't think this answers the question of having somebody that can like orchestrate an offense and set guys up that is not who patrick beverly is and that's not how the bulls are going to use him so i'm not saying that this like solves all their problems but i'm you know i'm looking at some numbers now he's you know, been a 37 and a half percent three point shooter for his career uh, down a bit this this year to uh, 34.8, but he's a reliable shooter on good volume. He will get up in guys and, you know, just hound them. Um, his steal numbers aren't all that great. Point nine per game in 27 minutes with the Lakers this year. He's not going to really give you much scoring, only six and a half points per game. Um, but I, I do think from a sort of complimentary position this is this is what the bulls are going to be looking for um we have a question here aj Katz. does this mean somebody has to be released yes it does the bulls have 15 under roster at the moment um, oh. i would i was a little bit shocked to not shocked but i was uh, you know i guess my first guess would have been marco or tony bradley as as you know whoever the bulls would cut but you know the bulls are adding a point guard here it would actually make sense if goran was the guy just now him presumably going to be shifted down to the fourth string point guard can't imagine that's what he really wants to be doing so maybe the, mm. the bulls cut him or buy him out and send him to uh go play with his his old friend luca in dallas so it's an interesting spot for the bulls um are you at all just like glad they did something because the last uh the last trade deadline obviously they didn't do anything they added drummond and Dragic this past summer and that was but this is the, this to me, this is the same kind of thing, right? It's like scraping the bottom of the barrel. They didn't want to actually make any moves. So now they're just going for the buyout guy for the second straight t- trade deadline. Um, I do think he's a Im- more impactful player than Tristan Thompson was. I mean, that kind of goes without saying. But um, there's also a part of me that's just like excited to see what he does, what he brings to this locker room that I think the Bulls kind of need Um and just to freshen up the the rotations. Like, you know, we, we saw the last game before the deadline of just like how much more refreshing it was to see Carly Jones and Dalen Terry out there, even if the result wasn't good. It's just that this team had been in such a slog for the past, however long, I think he kind of spices it up.
0: Yeah, it should be interesting. So I'm not counting this as a deadline move. I'm not, <laughs> that's the first thing. This is, this is not a deadline move in my, from my perspective. Uh, but yeah, look, I, it'll be, it'll be, it, well, I think what it'll be really interesting to see how much of an effect this dude can actually have. Like I said before, whether it was Westbrook, uh, Beverly, or whoever, like there's not a lot of games left to go when he's coming into a locker room that's seemingly, I won't say it's damaged or broken, but there's, there's clearly things that are just aren't working with this group right now. So, like, can someone like Beverly, who has been a quote unquote leader in previous stops that he's been in, can he actually have an impact on these guys? Maybe like I, I would feel maybe more confident about it if he was sort of entering into this sort of into this environment in the off season where he had more times to get to know these guys, get to understand where he sort of fits in and where he fits on it fits in on the court, but also off, off the quarters from a leadership standpoint. But having him come in now and try to juice up a, a locker room that's a particularly a vet locker room that may or may not be interested in, in kind of being done with this season. I, I'm just intrigued to see how much uh, how much of an impact he will actually have on this team from a a leadership or a cultural standpoint. Like that's clearly what he's here for, right? To, to juice up the defense, to add some more energy, add some more life to to, to this group. Now it's just, it's going to be on this group to see if they respond to that. Maybe they won't. Maybe they will. Time will tell. But uh, I do think it's an interesting fit in the sense that. Caruso is going to be closing games. Assuming assuming he's healthy, he's closing games. You know, Levine, DeRozan, and, and Vooch are closing games. So that leaves that final spot. Like Billy was sort of toggling between Io, Kobe, and, and Patrick there. Uh, does now Beverly enter the fray there now? And and are there lineups now where you've got both Beverly and Caruso closing games around DeMar, Vuc, and, and Levine? And that could be an interesting look, depending on matchups. Obviously, Pat, if you if you want to go bigger and those sorts of things, it'll be fascinating to see what this really does mean for IO but in terms of like the guys that are gone like i i would still get rid of one of the bigs to be honest with you like i know understand dragic maybe goes down the, the the totem pole now in terms of point guard options but you can play beverly i mean beverly's not necessarily a, a traditional point guard you made that note he can play off ball you can have Dra- dragic on ball you can still play kobe out there like there's still some utility for dragic on this team even when you add beverly in my opinion so i do not understand why you have or why you need both Tony Bradley and Marco Simonovic. One of them would be my guys to go, but to your point, maybe they think differently. Maybe they get rid of a guard, but I don't, I don't know. This is, I, I'm not sure this is going to mean much all, all in the sense in, in, when, when we're looking back on this season. I don't know if this is going to be really change too many things because I just don't think there's enough time for it to really matter. But maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it will, he will have an impact.
1: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I think he's not he he seems like a player that kind of on the fringes raises the floor of your team, just by virtue of the fact that he's like a solid enough rotation body and the bulls like are limited in the, I mean, especially with Javante being out, especially with Derek Jones and Lonzo and all these guys missing so much time. I do think he has some of those similar skills that the bulls can sort of just plug and play. And I think that does raise their floor a little bit. Also probably a bit of a ceiling raiser just in terms of the same thing, right? Like, you know, you want him to provide that same value on the team that's already good. You put him in, maybe he like notches you up a little bit. Um, but I don't think he like has a huge impact either way. And I think that's, that's primarily true for, for most buyout guys, not going to really change the trajectory of your season. But if we're talking about like minor adjustments that, that, you know, send the bulls a uh, step forward or step back, I mean, they are, on the play in bubble right now. I mean, they're the 11th seed and maybe this is what they need to get into that position. But I think the bigger question is like, and we'll spend some time talking about this today is should they even do that? I mean, does it at this point in the season, you're seven games below 500, you're six in a row, you've lost six in a row. Should you just start to pivot towards some of the younger guys and and start to develop or put the ball in Patrick Williams hands a little bit more? Um, mm. now we have to specify which Patrick we're talking about. So that's kind of annoying. <laughs> um, does Dale and Terry, I mean, this, this probably erases all of his minutes. Yeah. Um, so it, it is kind of an interesting double down, triple down, quadruple down, quintuple down on this same core, doing the same thing, striving for the same spot in the play-in. Um, but you know what, that eighth seed that matters.
0: Certainly mar- matters to uh, a certain ownership group, but yeah, I think I think you. I'm glad you raised the point about Dalen because that's a topic that we on this show, but Bulls fans more generally have been discussing over the last seven to ten days at least. That you know, Dalen has started to get his his opportunity here in part because of the injuries to guys like Caruso. Obviously, the the power forward rotation is taking a significant hit with um, Javante and Derek Jones Jr. both injured, leaving really only Pat as well Patrick Williams as the only guy to uh, To really fill that spot, uh, as, as well as Caruso, obviously missing games too. So, when you add another guard, whether it was Westbrook or whether it's someone here like Pat Bev, the the, the main casualty from a rotational point of view is always going to be Dalen here. So that's that's probably something that we need to note now. Here, now he may he may still play in the interim because of that power forward issue. But once this team starts getting Javante, Derrick Jones Jr. and Caruso back, then Dalen ain't playing. To your point, like it'll be interesting to see here if. If Io remains the starter or, or Pakbav comes off the bench, but like how is this going to impact Io in his development? Similarly with Kobe, does that did we does this come back to a position now where we're having to talk about Io versus Kobe, whereas we weren't really doing that much this season in terms of their role at least because one was coming off the bench as they, uh, the, the the gunner off the bench playing two guards sort of thing, whereas the other one was starting a point guard, so they didn't necessarily overlap too much in that sense. But now they may because your second unit may comprise of Caruso and, and potentially Io and Kobe. So it's going to be an interesting, interesting time from a rotational standpoint. But like, I just keep coming back to this thought, like, if you're going to get this season right, and again, we'll talk about the merits of whether they should be trying to do that or not, but I do think there's much more chance of this uh, being a smoother transition than when you're adding someone like Westbrook who, like I said, maybe if, if it really clicks straight away with Westbrook, the the peaks of what it could have been is significantly higher than what, and when I say significantly higher, I'm not, I'm not we're not talking about great heights here. But nonetheless, I just think with so little time, I think this is probably the right decision anyway. Now, whether they arrived at this decision because of the Westbrook stuff or not, uh, you know, we've already voiced our opinion on that. But I think this this is probably the right decision in hindsight, um, assuming assuming you actually want to uh, add guys that can help you win games at the moment. That is.
1: Right. And, you know, I will say this, I think he, to your point, kind of the way that I would put it is that he makes Zach Damar and Vooch better than I think Russ would. Mm. And so I think there's value in that. Um, it does kind of make you wonder why they were fixated on Russ, or maybe that was just like the first domino to fall in the entire marketplace. Like, you know, the Clippers weren't going to, the Clippers might've gone after Beverly if Russ had signed with the heat or with the bulls, um, but I do think you slot him in there and, that, and that's kind of what it means to be a complimentary player is that I think he does a better job of elevating Zach DeMar and Vooch. I mean, you look at it now, he's got, he's taking a three and a half threes per game shooting 35%. The, that would be the fourth highest um, percent or a fourth highest number of three pointers taken in for the entire bulls team. You got Zach at seven and a half Vooch at 4.7 Kobe at 4.6 Pat at 3.5. And then nobody else, above two and a half. So he adds a little bit of volume there. And that's something that the bulls obviously need. I mean, they're shooting like 28 threes per game, which is just not enough. Mm -hmm. Um, He'll obviously have the green light. And I think the bulls defense is really built on their ability to defend at the point of attack. And that's something that he does. So you mentioned, you know, closing lineups and how does that affect IO versus Caruso versus Patrick Williams at that four spot. Um, You know, I can see, I mean, Alex is a, for defender a lot of times like I could see him closing alongside Patrick Beverly and the Bulls big three so I think there's it's just it's more stuff to play with if you're Billy Donovan um it's it's a skill set that you actually do need in some ways certainly more than the Russ one I mean Russ would have been fun just in terms of like the entertainment value and I do think they need help putting pressure on the rim but that I don't think that would have actually done well from a basketball perspective so I think this does actually sort of help their their odds of getting into the play in which again is is really what they want to do for better or for worse
0: yeah and look again we're, we're reacting to this live we've literally had I mean we've been live for like 20 minutes now like we've basically had 20 minutes to digest this like Will and I are literally thinking about this thinking through this entire thing as we're, as we're going here because obviously if this is real real new information to us all oh, well but like I think I probably would have been higher on this signing, or whether it was him, whether it was Westbrook, or whoever it was, if the ball situation was different. Like, so in a vacuum, I really like the idea of adding Patrick Beverly because I do think he is probably, maybe apart from Kevin Love, who I thought I think could have been an interesting fit here as well, but he was never coming in here to Chicago anyway, so who cares? But I do think of the available buyout guys, Beverly makes the most sense based on the roster that the Bulls have intact already. Like, you've already got fit questions or and an, uh I guess an inability between Westbrook and no, not Westbrook Levine and DeRozan and even Vooch to like they still haven't figured out how to, how to play with each other as a three-man unit adding a fourth guy like Westbrook like I just never thought that was going to work whereas someone like Pat makes a Bad, lot of sense in this
1: three alphas energy well exactly and, like, and I just adding and even that, worse disaster potential
0: Exactly, exactly. So that's why I was so against the Westbrook thing, because to me, it never made sense from that standpoint. So I, in a vacuum, I really like adding Beverly, but the fact that the Bulls are where they are, I guess that's why I just can't be too intrigued by this signing, I guess, because, and we'll come to talk about it later on in the show, like, I just, I'm not convinced that they should be trying to win games right now. So that's ultimately what they're trying to do here when you add a player like Patrick Beverly or Westbrook or whoever it would have been. Like, the, this is a clear sign that this organization is trying to win games. I don't know if that is the right decision. Maybe in time it'll be proven to be the right decision. Maybe in time it'll be proven to be the wrong one. But clearly, that's the direction they're taking. So, my instant reaction to this is less about Beverly, the player, and how he fits on this team, but more is this the right direction this team should be going toward um, post the post the all-star break, which is what we're going to cover off a little bit more in more detail post these ad reads. But um, maybe, maybe we do some, some bill paying first, William, um, and then we can come back and hit more on Patrick Beverly as well as what the Bulls do here over their last 23, 24 games of the season. But let me start out by telling our friends here tuning in about FOCO. So Chicago, you've already got the best coverage in sports with us here at CHGO. So why don't you go and get fitted with the best merch, apparel, whatever you whatever you need from a uh, a sporting fan perspective. Our guys at FOCO have you covered. So whether you're you – yeah, know, I don't know. Whether you want gear from Bears-related gear, whether you want Bulls-related gear, baseballs coming back, Cubs, White Sox, whatever it might be, our friends at FOCO have you covered. If you want to be decked out like DeMar, we saw DeMar looking absolutely schmick at, at, during that All-Star weekend. That dude can rock – Whatever he's rocking, he just looks so cool every single time. If you want to look like DeMar, if you want to go grab a sign, a bubble head, slippers, hoodies, whatever it might be, head over to our friends at FOCO and get yourself some merch and collectibles. So check out FOCO.com. Click the link in the description below within this po- podcast episode description for uh, 10% off. All non presale items when you use promo code CHO. it is that easy, friends. So uh, go go and do that. Check out Foco, William. I remember last year we were talking about you getting me a Justin Bob, Justin Fields bobblehead. You never you never did, but maybe you will this time around. Or maybe we can get ourselves a Pat a Pack bobblehead. Hopefully, Foco are going to be stocking that up very soon. But um, like I said, friends, use promo code CHO for ten percent ten percent off all non presale items when you go shopping. William, can you tell our friends about athletic grades?
1: I can, but I just want to say first that the Justin Fields bobblehead situation was a bet <laughs> that we made. If I can't remember exactly what it was, but there was a perfect passer rating involved and it did not happen. So I, I weaseled my way out of that one, all right?
0: Fair enough, uh, fair enough.
1: <laughs> but I do, I do want to tell the folks about one of our favorite sponsors here that we haven't had a read for in a while. So I'm excited to, to tell you guys about Athletic Greens, which you know I love, and I feel like it could help get the dog in you that Patrick Beverly might bring to the bulls. So Athletic Greens is a one scoop of Athletic Greens. You are absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. The special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, that dog in you, your energy, your recovery, your focus, and your aging. All the things that you want to improve to make yourself more healthy. I take it every day. Um, I'm still out here in Utah and I got my travel packs with me. And I'll say this, the times where I do forget to take it, which are few and far between, I feel it for sure. It it definitely helps a lot. Um, I'm a committed user. It's $3 a day, less than $3 a day to invest in your health. And it tastes great. There's over 7,000 five-star reviews on Athletic Greens. So you can trust me or you can trust all the other people that have gone and used it and tried it. So um, to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is go to athleticgreens.com slash chgo bulls. That's athleticgreens.com slash C H G O Bulls to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance.
0: Pat Bev is just seemingly on he must be just have like AG one on drip or something because that dude is just constantly constantly got the biggest motor in the NBA. I already
1: he does IB AG one drip every morning, but yeah. I'll have to ask him.
0: And now, as our friend um, Brooms here in the uh, or Brom, sorry, in 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 the comments suggesting, is Pat Bev winning Goon of the Night for the rest of the year? I think he's uh, not only that, he's... but we're
1: going to rename the Alex Caruso Goon of the Night Award to the Patrick Beverly Goon of the Night Award.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, we've got two, we've got two worthy contestants now. But I mean, I'm sure they will find a way to to find a completely random way to give it to someone. I don't know if it's I don't even half the time whoever wins Goon of the Goon of the Night isn't deserving. Dave's probably not watching this, so he probably won't even hear hear me say this. But nonetheless, uh, yeah, I'm interested to see the level of uh, pizzazz that the Patrick Beverly is going to bring to to the Goon of the Night award. But we'll see. We'll see how it happens. But a couple a couple more shout-outs, shout-outs before we move on to the next segment. I wanted to introduce something, William, to to these HQ editions of of Serie uh, balls. I wanted to do. A, a friend of the week type segment, or at least a, a, just to honor, I guess, the uh, the amazing people that we have tuning into us. Uh, we've got a, incredible support here at CHDO. We've got almost four hundred people watching at the moment, which is awesome. Uh, but w- we have constantly like, by supp- the way,
1: we got fifty likes to four hundred people watching. We can do better for sure. For
0: sure, hit that hit that like. But um, also, I we just you know, we've just got so many people that are constantly in. You know, in the comments, watching us live, uh, listening to us on Spotify, Apple, all that sort of stuff. So, I wanted to do a thing where we just sort of shout out a specific person every week. And this person, the the inaugural winner of the CHEO Bulls Friend of the Week here on HQ Edition, um, I wanted to give a shout out to Monster Atomic Mutant Lakefish or Mr. Fish or Fish. I saw him in the comments before. Um, just a really good guy. Uh, someone who's constantly in our comments supporting the show. Uh, adding to adding to the show with uh, you know him being in the comments and just adding commentary as we're sort of going live here but what I received a DM, DM over the weekend from from mr. fish uh, and he offered me to to drive me around Chicago whilst whilst, whilst I'm in Chicago uh, in, over the next I'm in Chicago in three weeks time and he, he sent me a DM on Twitter and basically said if you need a lift if you need a ride just hit me up basically so I wanted to shout out him uh, Mr. fish, uh, but and, and just thinking about it like it, it just i thought it was a good a good recognition piece to just 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 to shout out our listeners i guess we're always talking about them and, and then how we actually, uh, appreciate the support but i wanted to localize it a little bit i wanted to be a bit more specific so shout out to mr fish for um being a, a good person out there and supporting us here and um supporting what we do at CHDO. so shout out to you fish um, shout out
1: to you fish and i might uh, take you up on that offer too if it stands for me
0: no he only yeah, he only did me so a little sorry, chauffeur you know. around the town <laughs> <laughs> I, i'm pretty sure he was only uh, offering it to me not to you william but nonetheless um uh look we'll, i want to make this a routine thing where we we're calling out specific people who have been with us here at CHD for the, we're effectively almost been here live for a year now at CHD, and we've had a lot of people supporting us and i just wanted to recognize that so Shout out to Fish. Shout out to Pat Bev. The uh, the latest Chicago Bull. Like we sort of talked about before, I think why I'm I'm sort of, I guess why I'm struggling with this decision of the Bulls signing Pat Bev at least initially is because I'm just torn on the idea of whether they should be trying to win games or not. Like they are several games under 500. They're not even in the playoff standings right now. Like I could maybe understand this move more if you were at 500. Maybe if you're like seventh, eighth in the East already. But like you're not even in the play right now. Is this thing really going to spark you to get you into the plane? And even if you do, like, what are we ultimately doing here? So the way I was the way I was thinking this thing about this signing, and, and just even before this, this this signing, to be honest with you, I was just thinking, like, what should this team be doing post the all-star break? Like, should they just even be bothering winning games? Should they just be putting more time into the young guys, getting guys like Dalen, Io, Pat, Kobe more time on ball and maybe shelving some of the vets and seeing what you could do with these younger guys rather than trying to win games and actually trying to maybe luck in and keeping that that pick that you're over the magic. But like we said, that seemingly is not, seemingly not what's happening here or at least what they're not trying to do. Um, maybe inadvertently they'll lose games anyway, but I, the plan here clearly is to try to win games. And I, I just question whether that's the right move, William.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've kind of been saying this. We we talked before the like stretch in December where they, the Bulls had a chance to get up to five hundred for the first time and whatever. I mean, we're still having that conversation. Um, you know, they were at one point eleven and eighteen early on in the season. And to me, that was the time to really start getting after it. If you're talking about maximizing your odds of keeping the draft pick that you owe to Orlando top four protected. Obviously the bulls went on a little bit of a run. And when I say a little bit of a run, I mean just winning enough games to get you close enough to 500 that they could convince themselves that they were good enough to make the play in, um, and convince themselves that they didn't have to do anything at the trade deadline because what they had was on the right track. Um, clearly since then it has been derailed. They've lost seven in a row, six in a row, seven in a row, seven games under 500 they've lost six in a row. Um, we finally got to see some Dale and Terry in the final two games before the break. Um, we have been not really – I mean, I, I don't really feel like we've seen much in the way of offensive skill set development from Patrick Williams. I think he's taken a pretty big step forward defensively this year. And actually, there was a great piece um, by our friend Lara Golden today um, on Swish Theory that you guys should go check out. Uh, about Patrick Williams' development and, and where he has improved and where he still has room to grow. That was a really good piece, so go check that out. Um, but it, it, yeah, you're right. It kind of makes you wonder whether they should be now reorient, reorienting their focus towards making sure that those guys, the Dalen Terrys, the Patrick Williams, the Ios, the Kobes of their roster have a chance to feel the game with the ball in their hands because the DeMar DeRozan, Zach Levine experience kind of prevents them from doing so. You're seven games below 500 with 25 games left um, right now. I was looking. I was looking this up right before we started, and I wanted to save this for the show. Um, so I'm looking at 538's uh, season projections, and right now they have the Bulls finishing 11th with an eight percent chance to make the playoffs. Okay, eight percent chance to make the playoffs. That's not the play-in. That's the playoffs. And then I switched over to tankathon.com, and they have a seven and a half percent chance as the current seventh seed, seven and a half percent chance for the number one overall pick. So you're basically split in the middle between keeping your pick, not only keeping your pick, but getting Victor Women Yama and making the play in playoffs, meaning winning two play-in games, getting to the play-in and then winning those two games. Um To me, that says everything you need to know about what this Bulls team is in case you tuned out for the last three weeks because they're just not good enough right now. And I I don't think Patrick Beverly really does much to um, move the needle. And I understand the fear of giving up a higher draft pick. Um, I think, you know, the Bulls give up the fifth pick and, you know, the Magic draft a player that turns into a star – in five years, that trade looks even worse for tourists. So I understand it from that perspective. But my thought is there you can't live out of fear of giving somebody else something good. Like That trade was made. It's done. There's nothing you can do about it now. What you have to do is do what's best for your team. And that's really been my argument this whole season. And I don't think fighting and clawing your way into the play-in just to lose a play-in game or to win a play-in game and get swept in the playoffs... Uh, does very much for your long-term future. And I think we can all agree right now that the short-term future is not looking very fruitful. Um, And so you can look at it from that perspective, but I think what's really the most convincing argument to me is the opportunity cost of not putting the ball in Patrick and Dalen's hands for the rest of this year. What does that do to their development longer term where now they've gone, Patrick's gone three full seasons without really... Have we have no idea what he is, what, what kind of offensive contribution he can make to this team? Um, Dalen, I think, will take some more time. He's way more raw than Patrick ever was, so mm-hmm. it's going to take some time for him. But are you stagnating their growth by continuing this sort of you know meaningless run for a playing spot? And I think that is something that they should have really considered. Right now, I don't think you sign Patrick Beverly to to tank. I don't think Patrick Beverly signs on if that's going to be the agenda. So, it's clear to me that they're going that other direction towards the play in, but you know, we we planned this discussion prior to the All-Star break, and I've had a lot of time to think about it. I think this Patrick Beverly signing puts the Bulls in an even worse position longer term, and I like I said, I understand why they would want to avoid giving up the fifth pick to the Orlando Magic. Certainly from AK's perspective, the the higher the pick, the better value, the better player the Magic get, the worse that trade looks in retrospect. So I understand. But I also think it looks bad on AK if you're in year four or five or six with Patrick Williams and you have no idea what he is. If you get to year three or four with Dalen Terry, the way that you have with Kobe, and you have no idea what he can contribute on an NBA floor... I think that's pretty damning as well. So there are two ways to look at it. My thought, you know, for me, it's, it's more just like, what is the upside here? And like, is there more value in just trying to develop? Um, But when you're doing that with Damar and Zach and Vooch and now Patrick Beverly, I I understand that's not going to happen, but um, as somebody that likes to look at it from the perspective of what should they do longer term, if I were the GM or the president of basketball operations, how would I, what would be my master plan looking Short-term and long-term, I I feel like I've seen what I need to see out of this group. The evaluation period is over, and what I actually need to evaluate is my young players and whether they're worth keeping around. And I think this Patrick Beverly signing and continuing on this path makes that even harder.
0: Completely agree. Like I, I mean, this 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 whole, uh, I mean, what the Bulls will be this season or even last season was going to hinge on. The, uh, the connection between DeMar, Levine, and, and Vooch. And to your point, we've seen enough now. Like, okay, fine, you sign Pat Bev. Maybe you move up from 11th in standings to 9th, something like that. You get yourself in the playing positioning and maybe with some good luck, maybe maybe with some good fortune, you actually ultimately get to the playoffs to uh, be humiliated by the Celtics or the Bucks in, in round one again. Ultimately, like, what does that really matter? Like, were the Bulls going to hit this offseason and enter next season... With this same group together, like, were you ultimately going to bring back Vuc, keep DeMar and Levine? If the answer to that question was already no, that you're already going to pivot away from that situation anyway, then why not start that now, which is effectively what you're saying here. But obviously, they're not going down that path. Clearly, by adding Patrick Beverly, you're trying to win as many games as possible. You're trying to get things back... uh, (laughs) I was, I was going to say get things back to normal. Maybe maybe not necessarily get back to normal, but you're trying to get back to a position where you can get in the playoffs. So I wonder how much of this is a mandate via ownership as much it is, as it is via Billy and AK. Uh, clearly, it doesn't sound like ownership are interested in any sort of rebuild or, re, uh, or, or teardown mode. Clearly, obviously, the Bulls weren't interested in selling guys at the deadline. In fact, AK said the exact opposite thing, that if anything, they were looking at being buyers. Obviously, they didn't do that either. But... Based on this move today, based on what they've so- said all along, this this team wants to win games. They probably want to get back into the playoff, and for those couple games that they do get at home in, in in the playoffs, assuming they make that, that will make ownership obviously very happy. So I think this is where this is ultimately coming from. But to your point, like I just don't think that is the right decision,
1: and just more generally, like I, I'm not convinced. Well, can I can I push back there for a second? Because yeah, yeah, uh, just to play devil's advocate because I don't believe this. But okay. I think that the thought process is is if we're going to blow it up this summer or make a big change this summer anyway, let's just do what we can this year. Um, let's try for the plan. Let's do everything we can to make this one more push with this group mm-hmm. that we constructed. And then we can do whatever we want this summer. But I, I just don't think those two things are necessarily mutually exclusive. Like You can do both of those things without not signing Patrick Beverly. So like you can use you, a lot of double negatives. You can sign Patrick Beverly now and still make a big pivot this summer. Sure. Um, sure. Yes, I agree that they, they should have gotten a head start on that at, at the trade deadline, but they didn't. And so because they didn't, I think it makes more sense that they would want to just continue to, you know, pa- Patrick Beverly at this point is a very low risk signing, right? Like you're giving him probably yeah. $800,000 for a prorated veteran minimum, you're mm-hmm. going to cut Dragic or Tony Bradley or Simonovic. Um, he adds depth. It's going to help you this year. So from that standpoint, it's a low-risk move. But again, back to my point, I think mm-hmm. the opportunity cost of not developing Patrick and Dalen is significant.
0: Well, I would say even beyond that, because I'm, look, I'm, I'm I'm not confident on the high on this Bulls younger group. And we're going to talk about the Bulls' future in the, in the final segment. and And that's part of the reason why uh, I don't think the future is very bright for the Bulls because I'm just not high on their younger guys. To be honest with you, I, you mentioned we don't know what Pat is. I, I, I feel like I do. Maybe I'm wrong, um, but nonetheless, uh, I, irrespective of that, like it's not like there's blue chip guys on this roster in terms of younger assets, younger players. So from my standpoint, like it's less about the development of the younger guys, but like in terms of value plays for what this means from your own draft pick, like. I'm now in. i mean I'm now in tank mode. Essentially, I'm 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 pretty much on the precipice of, of tank mode. To your point, maybe you end up giving the fifth or sixth pick. Cool, whatever. Like it's the, the conversation is: Are you going to give up the fifth or sixth pick, or are you going to give up like the ninth or tenth or eleventh pick? Like, does it really ultimately matter? Probably not really. Like. Maybe the Magic... Okay, maybe you give up the 10th pick to the Magic, but ultimately maybe they draft someone really good at 10, like they would have maybe at four or five anyway, or six. Like they They got Franz at eight. You can get a good player at that position anyway. So ultimately, they're going to give up a good pick to the Magic regardless. But what is your best play in terms of maximizing your future? I don't think putting the ball in Pat's hands or Dalen's or getting those guys more minutes or more time is the best play for their future. Their best play for their future is trying to ensure that you get yourself the best possible odds to snag a top four pick. And whether it's Wemby, whether it's Scoot, whether it's someone else, you really need to, uh, you really need to add to your young core in a lot of different ways, because I'm not confident in this ball's young core. I am very confident about what Scoot and Wemby will be. And yeah, I know it's a pipe dream. Yeah. It's an outside shot, but I think the odds of actually landing someone like Scoot in this draft is higher than actually getting into the postseason and doing anything of note in that postseason. So uh, I think we we ultimately agree, but we're just maybe coming at it from a different perspective. But ultimately, well, we're think, both again, suggesting those, that those
1: two things are not mutually exclusive. Like you can no, 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 of course. I think I think by putting the ball in Patrick and Dylan's hands, you're also giving yourself the best <laughs> shot to get those guys. Yeah, um, I think yeah, I, this all comes back to what they should have done and didn't do at the trade deadline. I don't think you're going to get away with benching or resting or giving a fake injury to Demar Zach or vooch um and i think if you tank the rest of the season and end up with the fifth pick then you still have an opportunity to make those trades this upcoming summer but at the end of the day i I agree like the the future of this franchise right now hinges upon what the bulls get in the draft this year if anything and um and what what they're able to get in trades for those three guys but right yeah. now, I think we're both in agreement that like, and it's also like I, I don't think it's it's a hot take to say this Bulls team is bad. Like they're they're not good, and what they've constructed right now just doesn't work. They're seven games below 500. Like it just good teams don't end up like that in the standings. I know they've had injuries. The Lonzo Ball thing is a bummer, but you got to roll with what you've got out there, and what you've got out there is a what is it, 26 and 33 record you have to take that into consideration and give yourself, I a hundred percent agree the best chance to improve your future at this point in the season. Um, Yeah. I think the more we're talking about here, the more um, of a mistake I think this is because I also, I I don't think there's a, there's a world where this doesn't affect their chances, right. To, uh, to get a fourth pick or to get, you know, the 10th pick, like there's a world where Patrick Beverly has zero impact on, the schedule, uh, their standings, the record for the rest of the way. But I think more in, in theory um, they should be really aggressively going towards the bottom and the odds are flattened a bit. So even if they end up with, you know, the 10th spot, they could still get in that. I assume at least one of those teams is going to jump up, but you have to give yourself the best chance and, right now i think the bulls are giving themselves the best chance to do something that i think we both agree they probably shouldn't do
0: yeah completely agree like they're currently seventh in the tankathon standings uh if you're, you're if you're in seventh you've got a 32% chance to get to jump into the top 4 if they ended up in like fifth or sixth that i don't think they're catching the bottom four teams but if they were to fall to like fifth or sixth which is certainly possible they're only like two games back on the Orlando magic who are in So yeah fifth let's in the let's uh standings.
1: let's paint that picture a little bit so the Bulls are seventh. The Pacers are sixth. The Pacers yep. are a half game ahead of the Bulls in the Tankathon standings. And they've beaten the Bulls twice now, uh, two 20-point comebacks uh, over, over the past month. So they have the tiebreaker over the Bulls, meaning if the Bulls finish with the same record as the Pacers, the Bulls will get the higher seed. Indiana, so that's Indiana, right, um, half game ahead of them. Orlando is the fifth seed. They are two games ahead of them at 24 yep. and 35. And they also have the tiebreaker over the Bulls. So all the Bulls need to do is get to that same record. And they yep. would actually be, um, if they if they were to get to that fifth seed, they would have a 42% chance of keeping their pick and a 10.5% chance of getting the top pick. And like those odds are, I, 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 would, I would take those over, like you said, a, a sweep in the first round if they can even make it that far.
0: If you can give me a 40% chance of getting into the top four, one- Keeping your pick this season, and two ultimately getting a chance at Wemby or Scoot—that is a significantly better outcome than potentially sneaking into the play-in, and maybe if you win two games, maybe getting into the playoffs with the right of losing to the Bucks or the Celtics in four or five games. Like, I mean, from a, view, a pure value play, like that's how we should be looking at this thing. Like, from a pure value play, which of these paths guarantees the Bulls? Beyond this season, like we just talked about, this iteration this iteration of Bulls teams is not doing anything of note. We know that now. We've seen enough of Levine, DeRozan, and Vucic together to know that this isn't it. So beyond this season, what path gives us the best value play? It's clearly not trying to get into the plane. It's clearly trying to maximize your chances to keep your freaking pick this season. So to me, they should be tanking. Whether you don't like the word tanking, adopt a different semantics to it. Whether it's you know playing poorly or to trying to develop the younger players or whatever you want to call it, let's just try to maximize keeping that 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 pick. Maybe it works, maybe it doesn't, but that's your best chance here of actually adding real significant talent because what they're going forth with at the moment isn't working. We know that we've seen enough of that now, but um, clearly the the franchise. Let is me let me ask you this,
1: maybe we can uh, save this talking point for the next segment. Mm-hmm. But All right, how cool. does look, look, this? Um, I was just going to ask the question then we can tease it, but how does this impact your evaluation of Arturis as a head decision maker? And do you think that this changes your perception of him and his ability to construct a roster for the short term, but also, you know, think bigger picture about the, the possibilities that he can, that he'll be able to, you know, put together a good team down the road. Yeah.
0: I mean, it does, it, I don't know if it does change my opinion on him because my opinion has soured a lot. But this move to me seems like a, an ownership influence decision um, more so than maybe a, a management type decision. Or look, maybe I mean, AK could fully agree with this this being the right decision and maybe maybe he's so wedded to this group and trying to, to maximize this group that he put together. So maybe he's biased in that nature. So maybe he does completely agree with ownership in that sense that winning games is more preferable than trying to lose and trying to retain your picks. So... Maybe it's not necessarily just an ownership thing. Maybe I'm just wrong in that sense, in that sentiment. But uh, if that is the decision, if 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 AK is endorsing and even supporting this decision, maybe he's the one pushing this decision. Then yeah, this does impact my feeling about him even more so, which is not really right at this present. I'm not I'm not I'm not thinking uh you know rosy or, or great thoughts about AK AK at least. So it would uh, change my positioning or thinking on it a, a lot more. I would say, but. Yeah, I don't know the answer to that one, William, in terms of who's actually driving this. But nonetheless, Pat Bev is a bull. The Bulls are trying to win games. They're trying to sneak into the playoffs. That's that's clearly what they're doing. Um, but let's come back. Let's finish the final segment of the show. But before we do that, William, can you tell our friends about draft games?
1: I can. Um, but first, I want to ask you a question, which was uh, last week on Friday, we were talking about the All-Star break. And we were talking about bets that we wanted to make. For the three-point <laughs> contest, Is someone and one response? of us here, one of us here said that um, <laughs> that one Kevin Herter was was the best value play. Um, I can't remember exactly how poorly he finished, but I do know you lost your money on that one. So I'm just going to go ahead and call you out um, as we talk about our our favorite sponsor here, DraftKings Sportsbook, um, America's top-rated sports book. Uh, and just before I get into it, make sure you download the app and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. Um, we talked about the, the you know bet for the three-point contest. I put some money down on um, Kenny Martin Jr. for the dunk contest, so I lost that one too. I should really just stick to these no-sweat same-game parlays. Did not make any for the actual NBA All-Star game. But once this bull season starts up again, I'm sure there will be some Patrick Beverly props and parlays that I can get into. Definitely try those when you sign up for the app using promo code CHGO. Um, you will not regret it because it's just so much fun, even when you're losing. So download the app now and sign up with promo code CHGO. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. That's $5 to get $200 in bonus bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, with promo code CHGO. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details.
0: Thank you, William, for that read, and thank you for uh, raising or, or yeah, keeping the receipts on <laughs> I, when we were when I was watching the three point competition, and I, I did remember picking Kevin Herter in that in that particular comp and i was like i wonder if this is going to come back and bite me i wonder if anyone's going to to raise this or the the fact that i was so hot on this dude winning this this thing but uh clearly he did not but uh yeah thank you for doing that I i was i thought i was going to escape it but that's clearly not the case but uh let's move on let's tell the people about game time now we've we surely by surely by this stage people you know about game time but if you haven't game time is the hottest new ticketing site that exists that makes it easier than ever to score the best deal on tickets, whether that's to sporting events, whether that's to concerts, whether that's to shows, comedy shows, whatever you might be into. Game time is the place to go. They have all the tickets available that you could possibly want if you ever thought about going to a Bulls game. If you want to go see Pat Bev in a Bulls uniform, obviously get your hands on some tickets and do so via the Game Time app. Look, I've just been when you were sort of um reading there, William, about uh DraftKings, I was just on the, the Game Time app, just scrolling through Bulls <laughs> price tickets. The, the, sorry, the pricing on these Bulls tickets. Like I said, I'm, I'm in Chicago in three weeks' time. I'm going to try to get to a Kings game. The Bulls are playing the Timberwolves as well whilst I'm there. They've also got the 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 Miami Heat are coming to town whilst I'm in Chicago. I want to go see Jimmy Butler live. So I can just jump on the game time up. I'm literally on it right now, friends. This is the game time up here. It's as simple as, sc- as scrolling down, finding your ticket, finding your game. Once you go in there, you basically get a view of the stadium. It, you can just essentially choose what seats are available. It tells you where you can sit, the pricing of the seats. It's that simple, friends. And this is the app I'm going to be utilizing when I'm in Chicago. Joey's got it up on the screen here. Like, Look how easy it is to, to use the functionality of the Game Time app, whether it's on the website, whether it's on your phone, whatever it might be. It's super easy to go, grab your hands on some tickets. So if you're going to a Bulls game, if you're going to a Cubs game, uh, baseball, like I said, is back soon, if I'm not mistaken. So Get your hands on some tickets. You can do so by supporting us here at CHDO. So if you use the link in the description, you can basically just download the app and join over 15 million people who have downloaded the GameTime app and you can score the best seats that, to all your favorite events. Like I said, this is literally what I'm going to be doing when I get to Chicago in the three weeks time. Uh, it's I'm factual in this. It's not just a read. This is literally a thing that I'm endorsing that I'm going to be using. So take it from me, friends. Uh, GameTime app is a beautiful app. It's uh, you know, obviously supports support us here by using the game time app, ha- uh, here at CHCHGO. But like I said, this is the the website that I'll be using, and I certainly endorse it. So, uh, I can't wait till we get to a Bulls game, William, and seeing Pat Bev running around there. I wonder if he's going to impact the pricing of these tickets. Do you reckon? You know, do you reckon the Ryan's are going to boost pricing by ten percent now that Patrick Beverly's is walking through the door? Do you reckon that he has that level of gravitas? Do you think?
1: The ceiling is the roof, my friend. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, let's close this show. Let's close this show. It's been an eventful episode of CHDO Bulls. Thanks again to Woj and Shams and Pat Bev for, for uh, dropping that news just before we went live. But look, I wanted to close this show um, maybe on a more somber note because <laughs> I've, I've had some time over the All-Star, all-star break to sort of think about where the Bulls are sort of positioned maybe long-term. And it connects to the conversation we were just having about like whether the Bulls should be tanking or whether they should even be signing someone like Patrick Beverly right now. But the more I think about it, well, like, are the Bulls in the most precarious or if you want to go harder, are the Bulls, do the Bulls have the the bleakest uh, future amongst all NBA teams right now? I know that's a big, big statement. Maybe I'm wrong in suggesting so. Uh, I'm not necessarily convinced that that the answer is yes, but I am convinced that the Bulls are at least... You know, bottom five in terms of future when you think about the players that they do hold on the roster, whether it's the, the win now guys like Levine, DeRozan or Vuc. Obviously, two of those guys are uh, closer to the end of their career than their prime. We don't know if Levine's going to be here for the long haul. I've already spoken about my feeling about the younger guys on this roster, guys like Pap, Dalen, like, could be nice role guys, guys that would make sense on a lot of teams, but not necessarily blue chip guys that you want to rebuild with. And we also know completely what this team's draft pick situation is like they may not be having their twenty. they may not have a 23 pick whether it's their own or portland's pick they may not have a pick in 2025 they're out multiple second round picks as well so i mean ultimately like where did where do the bulls sit in terms of futures are they one of the bleakest franchise franchises from that standpoint
1: i think you absolutely have to put them up there um which is definitely sad like we don't want to think of the bulls as this team that just has like no chance that's spinning its wheels in the muck. But I think right now they absolutely are. I mean, the way I want to, I wanted to think about this was in terms of championship equity, both near and long-term. So you look at some of these teams like the Boston's Milwaukee's Denver's Phillies, Memphis Cleveland warriors, like those teams all have really high championship equity right mm. now. Right. They yeah. could win the championship this year. And then you look at some of the teams that have gone the complete opposite direction. Um, they obviously don't have championship equity in terms of winning now, but they have positioned positioned themselves the best way that NBA teams can to acquire and develop talent. So you're looking at Houston, San Antonio, Detroit, Charlotte, Orlando. Those teams are in, I think a much better position than the bulls, not in terms of record this year. Um, but in terms of young talent, I think they all have more promising young talent. I think they all have more future draft capital than the Bulls do. Certainly, their own draft capital, and then in a lot of cases, additional. Yeah. Like Houston's mm-hmm. got all of the Nets picks. San Antonio's got the Bulls pick in twenty-five. Mm-hmm. Um, that the Raptors pick next year. They just picked up some picks, um, you know, since they started trading Dejounte and Derek White. They have a Celtics pick. They have all those Hawks picks. Detroit has a handful of picks and they've also got Cade Cunningham, Jaden Ivey, all these great young players, the Hornets. um, They're one of those teams that I think are closer to the bulls at the bottom, just because I don't really think they have much in the way of future draft capital. And I also don't love the young talent that they have. Obviously LaMelo ball, future star, current star. um, They need, they need to acquire some more young talent to get out of that sort of like next to the bottom tier. Orlando great setup in terms of young talent and future draft capital um, and, and a real chance to get two great picks in a really strong class this year. Um, so and then there's like the teams in the middle right you've got the Torontos the Portlands, the Bulls, uh, the Wizards Washington. like these teams in the yeah. middle of the standings mm-hmm. um, all those teams at, at the very least have all their picks yeah um, the yep. ones that I think are in bad shape along with the Bulls are the Hawks, the Lakers and the Timberwolves, but at the very least those teams have really strong young players, you know, Anthony Edwards, Trey young, DeJounte Murray. um, I don't even remember who else I just named, but so they're in a better position at the very least to win. I think now than the bulls are. So I do think the bulls are in a tough spot where they're nowhere close to good enough right now. And they still don't have any ability to get better. And I think that's why we just have this discussion of, would it have been smarter to at the very least give yourselves the best chance to keep your own pick here and really reset with, you know, a potentially franchise changing player that seems kind of like their best, you know, it's certainly the luckiest, but it seems kind of like their best path forward, at least to me. Um, Obviously there's a reason why I'm not the one making these decisions, but it just, I, I think it sets them up even worse down the road and they're already in a bad spot now.
0: Yeah. And look, when we posed this, like for full transparency, like Will and I were just having this conversation offline. And this is how we thought, like, maybe we should put this as part of the podcast and just have a more expanded conversation about it. But like, my instant reaction when we started thinking through this exercise was, like, no, no, of course they're not, they don't have the worst future. But then when we started going through the list of teams, and my default answer was the Wizards like they they're clearly like stuck in the middle they've got they've done nothing for years and then they're clearly not going up they're they're maybe not even going down but then when i started thinking about it more like to your point like a lot of the teams that are currently the below the Bulls in the standings which to be fair aren't a lot now anyway but even those teams they own all their picks or in some cases as you noted have more picks incoming from other teams the wizards you know they they they're, they're stuck in the middle like the bulls but you know that they, they own their picks like they have a reasonable chance that i don't know if they wanted to blow things up they could they own all their picks whereas obviously the bulls situation is different in that sense and i started thinking then as well like okay what's the other teams that have all out of their picks maybe you know even in a worse position than than the bulls from a pick standpoint and again my, my mind went to the lakers and to the, to the timberwolves and to the hawks but to your point like at least with minnesota and um with atlanta like I'd in rather minnesota you have a core
1: of you've you know, got Anthony you've Edwards, got Edwards Rudy Gobert exactly
0: you've got Ant and you've got Cat like you can maybe sell off Cat for for a haul but even if you do that you've got Ant who is just a in his in year 3 same same draft class as Pat we've talked about Pat earlier on this podcast clearly not on the same trajectory as someone like Ant Edwards but you yeah you're out all your picks but you've got Edwards similarly with the Hawks like you got Trae and Dejonte who is still young enough that you can build something interesting around those guys whereas the Bulls probably be, the Bulls Best two players this season. All least the most consistent players are Damar and Vooch. and that's not reassuring. And when you add the, add that to the fact that you don't own the or don't control your your draft, uh, you know, going forward, particularly in this draft coming up, they are in a precarious position. So maybe the Bulls aren't like thirty out of thirty in terms of worst futures going forward, but I don't know. They they then they're, they're, they're towards the bottom, like and, and like TC flow here on the screen suggesting that the Wizards and Hornets are in a worse position, but. I don't know if that's true. Like the Hornets, they've got Lamelo. Like again, someone from that draft that Pat was in, who's clearly already been an All Star, um, ha- is clearly on a, a different level to Pat right now. But they're seemingly in position right now where they could land a top four pick. They could get their hands on a scoop or a uh, sorry, a scoop or, or a Wemby, and then that would completely change the fortunes of their franchise. But ultimately, they also own all their draft picks, as I sort of talked about before. So. Yeah, it's 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 tough. And when you start thinking about this, this is again coming back to what we were talking about earlier. Like that's kind of why I think tanking is the right decision because we know what this team currently is. We know what they're not going to do. So why not try to recoup some assets in some way? Which is part of why I expected them to do something from a selling point of view at the deadline. Clearly, they didn't do that. So their actions are basically the inverse of what I want them to do at the moment, which is concerning on on a number of different levels, I guess. Like I'm wanting them to retract everything, go back and start selling. And maybe they do this in the off season. So maybe there's still time to do so. But based on where where the variables stand right now, it's I guess it's just not uh it's not favorable for the Bulls right now, which is which is kind of it was kind of bizarre to think about. Cause coming into this season, I thought this could have been a good, fun, exciting season. And it's just proven to be the exact opposite.
1: I think that's really well said. I don't want to spoil it because that's it's the same sentiment. Um, Yeah, I think they're just in a really tough spot, and I know Arturas seems confident. Like he kind of shrugged off this idea that like he can't get the Bulls out of this at the uh, at the post deadline commentary. The the media availability, he said like nobody believed we could sign Lonzo and trade for Demar and you know get Caruso well, we were over the cap, but we did it. And to me, yes, that was good. I think they put together a really good off season, but I think the fact that they haven't done anything since suggests that it's actually going to be very difficult for them to get out of it and that there is no real clear path forward. And that's why um, continuing on with this, with this approach. I mean, what does this do for you? What does it do for the for the rest of the season? Even does it even get you into the play in? Like, what what are the goals here? And um, if I'm if I'm a GM of a team, I know that my job security is limited. I know that I can't necessarily worry about 2027 and 2029 because I might not have a job at that point. But I'll tell you what: like the better job I do of setting myself up for then, the better job I have, the better chance I have to keep that job. So for me, back to that question is, I think this is a short-sighted move um, that may or may not help the Bulls, uh, and I, but I do think it sets them back a little bit, and they were already in a tough spot before. So um, yeah, I think I'm like thinking of headlines for my article that I'll have to inevitably write after this. And it's like, Patrick Patrick Beverly probably makes the Bulls a little bit better, but I think that's bad for the Bulls.
0: Maybe it can be Pat Bev got the balls tricked. What was that line that Westbrook said that you mentioned before? Like
1: Pat Bev the- tricked y'all.
0: Pat Bev tricked y'all. Maybe like, Pat Pat Bev tricked the balls or something. I don't know. I'm not a headline writer clearly, but uh, yeah, we'll let you. We'll let you get. We'll jump off now, so that way you can go and uh, write William about the the Pat Bev signing and a whole bunch more. But obviously, uh, we here at the Sorry, HGO I'm trying Bulls to enjoy
1: my All Star break, and I got to deal with this Patrick Beverly nonsense.
0: Oh, oh, Paul William, Paul William can't go out poor skiing thing. in the slopes there in Utah. He has to go write about Patrick Beverley. What a, what a tough life this guy has. Look, he's graced with the the beauty. Look, like, look how beautiful you are. Look how handsome you are. You have got that going for you. You're a Boise beat writer. We're not going to do this
1: today. We're not. We're do doing this it today, right we're... now. You've
0: got all these things going for you, and you're complaining about having to write about Patrick Beverley. Jesus, William. But anyways, look. Let's call it there. Thank you to William for joining me today on this episode of CHGO Bulls. Obviously, as well, everyone tuning in, Apple, Spotify. If you're here with us on YouTube, chuck us a like. We'd certainly appreciate it. Um, shout out to our CHGO Bulls friend of the week, Fish, as well. Also, thank you to uh, DraftKings for supporting us, as they always do, and Joey in the background for, pr- pr- uh, for producing the show. We'll be back later hit this week. Hit the like on the way out. Hit the like, hit the like. The guys will be back 5.30 Wednesday evening uh for another show so we'll have uh probably more conversations around pat bev to be honest with you at that point more more time to really digest this whole thing maybe we might even hear from um from pat himself or AK uh maybe the lonzo news drops as well who knows but uh there'll be plenty more ball stuff happening as we sort of ramp up towards the final conclusion here of the or the last quarter of the season to be honest with you so we'll see what happens but we here will be here to uh have you everything in from a Bulls perspective? We'll be hitting on it all. So 5.30, Wednesday night, friends, come back and join us. But uh, until then, this has been CHGO Bulls. For, for William, I'm Mark K. Thank you for joining us. And I'll uh, speak next time, Bulls fans. <laughs>